What is going on, guys? This is Gene Jensen, and it is time for another Friday Night Live. All right. What is going on? What is going on? Let me uh, pull up my comments, get everything rocking and rolling. What is up, everybody? Goodness gracious, I don't have any headphones tonight, so I can't hear, he, can't hear the audio. So if anything's jacked up, y'all let me know. Uh, should be okay, though. Should be okay. But uh, let me double check a few things real quick. Make sure we're good. I probably can change the audio to... Um, there we go. That should be better. All right. All right. There we go. <laughs> John Larson, Santa Fluke Master, crank it up. What's up, man? What's up, Alan Raven? What's up, Tyler Waller? How you doing, man? Steve Norby, how you doing? Uh, Don Yant, James Demille, Demi. I can't. It's kind of blurry. I don't know why my why it's blurry. Butch, what's going on? Oh goodness! Hey, right, Corin, I saw that video. I saw it. Uh... Yeah, yeah, you were making sauce in that video. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I make my own tomato sauce. Uh, that's why I grow so many uh, sauce tomatoes. Mostly, uh, mostly um, Tachi and um, Amish paste tomatoes are my two favorite because it's real hard to find uh good uh um uh italian tomatoes what they call them anyway uh roma tomatoes around here at least the seeds are hard to find that, that actually germinate pretty well so what's going on kenyatta bush what's up man what's up goodness man we already got almost 100 people on here that's so awesome richard kathy what's up ray frazier how you doing Damien, I haven't been fishing yet. Uh, been busy trying to get organized. So I, I kind of crazy this week. Uh, my oldest son um, decided he was going to go to tech school, but he wanted to go out west, uh, get away from the house, and just wanted to get out on his own, which I understand. He's 19. And so he got himself an apartment in Provo, Utah. He's going to go to Mountain Land Technical School um, after he gets a job. <laughs> which shouldn't be hard right now, but I, Sunday morning, we took off, uh, took two days, uh, 27, 28 hours of driving to get there. And, uh, I dropped him off and flew home the day before yesterday. So, uh, been kind of a crazy week. Haven't done a whole lot of filming just because of it, but, uh, he's out there and settled and, um, hopefully everything goes good with him. And, uh, he wants to go study, uh, uh, welding is what he wants. He's wanted to study welding for years. So, I'm excited for him, but, um, Wade is going on. Lou Vang, how's it going, man? What's up? What's up? All right, let's get rocking and rolling. So new things going on right now. Um, my web guys got a hold of me and said, uh, that they wanted to run a sale, try to get rid of some of, uh, some of the stuff that I have on my website. And so we created a 30% off everything on flukemaster.com. You just got to use code 30 off, which is pretty cool. Um, we're going to run that. I don't know how long they said they wanted to run it. So we're definitely going to try that. So I'll leave that down there for you guys to look at for just a little bit. But uh, dang, man, it's been the fishing should be really good. So this today and tonight after I get off, I'm going back out to my barn, going to get organized again. Uh, so I can fish all next week with my son. We're going to make uh, a bunch of videos this next week. Our goal is to have 10 videos done by the end of the week. So we'll probably have six, um, but that is what it is. So um, let's see. But anyway, let's get rocking and roll with some Q&A. Get a drink of water real quick. I've been out in the garden kicking up dust. Um. Ray Frazier got two on a frog this morning. My son was catching them on a frog on a private lake this week. So it's that time. They get shallow and active right now. That's awesome. 
So if you guys are joining me on my podcast, welcome. Uh, if you guys don't know, my podcast called Fluke Master Fishing. It's basically just I take the audio from this and drop it on there. So guys that are traveling and driving, I got a bunch of truckers that are that are fans and a couple of them that are real good friends. And they listen to this while they're driving. So um, definitely uh, that's, that's the main reason why I put it up there. So it's on all, most of the major podcast sites. So, all right, here we go. Uh, Andrew Hen, what's the best spinning rod power length and action? Honestly, it depends on what you like to fish with. Um, hold on, let me turn the light on real quick. There we go. That's a little bit better. I learned that I, I leave this light off right here until uh, until like just before I get started because the battery runs dead. But anyway, um, it depends on how you like to fish. Really, spinning rods. The one I use the most is a medium light, but because the only thing I really fish on a spinning rod is like um, finesse stuff, drop shots, shaky heads, um, uh, Nico rigs, that kind of stuff. But if you're looking for an all-around action, a medium heavy or medium power spinning rod will work great. Length is all dependent, six to eight to seven foot two. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of my thought behind it. But if you fish, like to fish like Texas rigs that are three eighths ounce and half ounce, a medium heavy is what you want to go with. But if you're going to use it for finesse stuff, you know, a medium to a medium light. So there really is no best. Uh, it just all depends on you. So uh david myers i have not fished lake ida i have not down in florida that'd be one to look at i think i've seen it on a map i if you pull up my google maps i have just about every public boat ramp and boat launch marked in most of the state of florida so my goal is as i get down there every year to fish some new lakes every single every time i go down there so uh, Mr. Fluke Master, you ever think you will do guided fishing around North Georgia again? Yes, I do. I've been every about once a month now. I'm like, man, I really want to get back into guiding, but I don't know when it's going to be. So don't hold me to it. Uh, it may be next year, maybe the year after. I don't know. It just all depends on several things, but I'd like to at least do start doing one a month. Uh, just, just cause that used to be my stress relief. That's what I did to get away from, the, the stresses of YouTube and the stresses of running the business. I just went out and went guiding and took people fishing and I love doing it. So yeah, I'll do it again one day. So that may be my retirement thing too. <laughs> uh, Fluke master, how do you fish the Jackal Gantrell and what rod would you, I have never fished it. I don't have one. I've seen them. I've wanted to buy one, but never have. So um, let's see. The spawn is just starting in central Wisconsin. That's awesome. That is awesome, Troy. Uh, what is your thoughts on Vexus aluminum boats? I've never been in one. I've talked to people who like them. And, I've, and I'm, I'm always at, whenever somebody's in one, I always go up and ask them. And I've talked to a few people that didn't like them. Um, they're expensive. They Everybody says they ride pretty well and stuff like that. But like I said, I've never been in one, so I wouldn't be able to give you my opinion on them. I'd like to get in one one day. But, uh, but yeah, definitely oh, it's one of those boats where I'd like to, if, if, if I was in the market for a boat, I'd find somebody that owned one and ask them if I could go out on a ride with them and, and really, you know, cause it's so new. It really is. So, um, let's see. Some of you guys are talking to each other, so I got to kind of read past those. Um, Let's see. All right, Butch, uh, going to Clark's Hill Monday through Thursday. What should we use on baitcasters? It's going to be hot. Right now, I almost always have a clear Super Spook Junior somewhere tied on on the boat ready to cast. Um, I also like to throw a um, water temperature shouldn't be super hot right now. We're a little early for what I for our, a Carolina rig trick worm or a Cinco. Let me think what else I would throw. Uh, square bill, they'd be up in the bushes. So flipping up in the bushes and stuff like that. But uh, but the shat or the blueback herring should be spawning. So go hit shallow points and and blow throughs with uh with various different types of bait and work them really fast, like a blueback herring runs, and you should you should do pretty good. 
have you messed with Jabberjaw or Six Cents Access? I have. I have the Jabberjaw a lot. I've casted somebody else's Six Cents. I haven't been able to find one in my local store that I buy all my Six Cents stuff from. Uh, but uh, but definitely the Jabberjaw is is louder than the Six Cents one. But I think there's a place for both. Um, that's why I would love to get some accesses in my in my uh, tackle box. But um, the Jabberjaw flat catches a man, and it comes through brush really really well. Definitely. Um, let's see. Have you used a jig and twig method? Uh, is it a good rig for the beginner to try out? I have never used it. Um, I, I may have and not even known it because I've never heard anything called the, I've heard the jig and twig like once in my life and I can't remember where I was when I heard it. Probably reading a forum somewhere. So when's the next time I'll be in Wisconsin? I usually get at Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, usually around September. It all depends on Alumacraft and whether they're going to have their dealer summit this year or not. I usually get up there for that. Um, I may come up there just to get away from the Georgia heat because I sure love chasing those fish up in those lakes, man. Golly. Um, <laughs> Tremorous. <laughs> anyway, uh, what is the best lure for this time of year for rivers? Hmm. Most rivers this time of the year when I'm fishing, I'm throwing a moving bait. I love to throw a square bill crankbait. I love to throw um, a spinner bait or some type of a swim bait, usually a hard one. Paddle tails work for me, but I have more confidence in like a, a little, you know, four to six inch bull shad or something like that. Uh, can leaving rods in a black rod tube in the summer ruin your rods? I think it would have a, a more serious effect on your fishing line, but I would think that it would, if it got really, really hot, it could do something to them. But, uh, but that, that graphite or that carbon fiber is, is pretty stout. It should be all right. But, uh, for me personally, I like to take mine out. Um, mainly just to protect the line because fluorocarbon is stinking expensive. But, uh, Roger Bowman, man. Thanks for the five bucks, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is awesome. Um, let's see. Fish in the Southeast. Flukemaster, do you know anyone who could teach me how to fish the jackal gantrail? Not off the top of my head. Uh, there's got to be some YouTube's about, a bit videos about it. Definitely. Um, Gene, question. What is the best line choice for stick bait fishing? Let me think. You know, the majority of the time when I'm fishing a stick bait, I'm I'm going to be letting it sink. And I, if I'm going to, if I'm fishing a bait that relies on a nice natural sink and stuff like that, it's going to be fluorocarbon. Um, I usually start with 10 to 12 pound test on most everything that's 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 uh, weightless, and uh, and go with that. So. Um, <laughs> Star Cook, Gene, will you do a video on how to fish a frog? Are you talking about a hollow body frog or a topwater toad? Two different things. I've done several on how to fish a frog, and I don't think I've ever done one on how to do a toad. And the difference between the two is a, the when you say frog in uh, with, when it pertains to fishing lures, you're talking about the hollow body. When you say toad, you're talking about like the horny toad, uh, the topwater ones that have the little buzz uh, buzz feet. You throw them out and you reel them across the the flats. And I've never done that. Uh, never made a video about that. And that was one of the things I was going to do last year, but never got on a good bite. So if I do, it's going to be somewhere around fall on Gunnersville or on Chickamauga. Cause that's usually when it's on fire. So. Uh, Flute master just bought a vibe. Sea ghost One Thirty. Was it a good buy? Yeah, man. Vibes are good kayaks. Um, my only negative against vibe is they're not made in America, but that's that. And that's just me. Because there are great kayaks that are made in America now. So anyway, just one of those things. If I can if I can get away with buying something made in the USA, I'm going to. I'm not one of those like, oh, it's made in China. I'm not going to buy it. No, if I if I got to get it, I got to get it no matter where it's bought. But yeah, Vibe's a really good kayak. So I don't know if that's, that's the one with the wheel on it, though. That, those things drive me nuts, but that's just me. <laughs> Have you ever tried the Concept Boss? How do you like it? And what would you use it for? I love the Boss. They're on sale on Tackle Warehouse right now. Use my affiliate link. Anyway, um, 
the bosses, I the two that I have is I have two crank or three that I have. I have two of the cranking ones, which have the really big handles, the real long handles, which are great for deep water cranking. Um, and that's what they're for. So I don't use them, but maybe four, three or four months out of the year. And then I've got an eight, eight, three to one or eight, one to one, um, that I use for flipping and pitching. And it's pretty decent. It's pretty good. So yeah, they're on sale right now on tech warehouse. I saw that yesterday. So Sam, you're doing it again, bro. <laughs> You ain't got to do all that, man. Oh, I thank you, man. You're awesome. You're the goat. Thank you. Thank you. Butch, thanks for the five bucks. Thank you, everybody. All right, let's keep rocking and rolling. Fishing a small lake uh, tomorrow called Hickory Log Creek Reservoir for the first time. Have you ever considered doing a how to approach new lakes video? I have one. Um, it I did it on Lake Widawi in Alabama, and it was a really good one because you know, half the lake, there wasn't hardly any good fishing. And I went moved up to the northern half and found fish. And I talked it through and everything else and talked about how I use points and outside channel swings and things like that when I'm looking for fish on big lakes. So it's a really good video. You got to go check it out. Um, Gene, do you know where Santee Cooper is? I do. I do. If you guys remember my old uh, Triton aluminum uh, tan boat, uh, I blew a 36 inch crack in the keel uh, on Santee Cooper. That was the last day I ever had that boat in the water and uh, I almost sunk it, but I was able to get up on plane. I pulled the plug. I got on the motor, got up on plane and flew back to the boat ramp. So as I'm up on plane, the water drains out through the plug, the plug hole. And as soon as I laid it down, I grabbed the plug, shoved it back in the boat and ran and got the the uh, trailer and put it in the water and threw it up on the trailer. Then it took like 20 minutes for it to drain out. It was, there was a ton of water in it. But I mean, the crack was 36 inches long. And that was the third time that hole had cracked. And that's why I got that. You know, that's an interesting story. I'm going to stop asking answering questions just for a second. So I don't normally talk about God, and I'm not going to talk much about him here. I just It was a blessing that four days later, I got, a, I got contacted by a LumaCraft and we started to talk and it was a two or three day, you know, they'd call and, and I'd talk a little bit. They'd ask me questions. And it, literally that was when they said, Hey, we're going to give you a boat every year and let you keep doing what you're doing. And that's the biggest reason why I'm so loyal to LumaCraft is they saved this. And so, I, and I love their boats. I love how they run and everything else, but more importantly, I love them for what they did for me. So that's the, a huge reason to why, I, I'm so loyal to, to Alumacraft. Sam, man, you got to stop, bro. Thanks. <laughs> Unreal. Um, let's see. Let's go. What's your favorite river to kayak fish in Georgia where I'm at or elsewhere? Right down the road from my house um, is the Etowah River. And I love to fish the Etowah. I also love the Flint um, River for um, for shoal bass are the two that I fish the most. So the Etowah is just, the Etowah, um, so the Ustanula and the Etowah come together right here and down the street and uh, become the, the Coosa River. And so you get spotted bass, you get stripers, you get a bunch of different fish up there that's a lot of fun to catch. So... Appling's heart. I don't know how to fish Alaska. I got a buddy that's up that lives up on uh, Kodiak Island, but uh, I don't think he does much fishing. He's an X-ray tech there. He's probably the only X-ray tech on that island. Oh man, Sam, I appreciate you, man. I can't say it enough. Uh, <laughs> I love this one, Tyler. <laughs> Who's your favorite recently married Texas-based YouTuber? Oh my goodness, you didn't have to make it that easy for me. Um, <laughs> man, Tyler, dude, we need to get on this and start doing, we need to do collabs on Friday night live. I keep forgetting to call and invite people. I get so busy with my life here and just forget. So definitely we're going to do a collab here on a live, uh, one day and I'll be in Texas, but it's for the BASS championship and also be at the classic. So we need to do something. Definitely get with me, brother. Um, 
Why do I keep snagging with crankbaits? Um, I'm going to say this as nice as I can. You're fishing scared. Um, that's the only time I ever really get snagged a lot with crankbaits. One, go to a square bill. Um, if a square bill doesn't get snagged nearly as much because as that bait moves through the cover or moves even on the bottom, the corners of that bill kick the bait up and away from whatever you're going through and you're less li likely to get snagged. So start with some type of a square bill and then work your way to deep diving cranks and stuff like that, but also have a lure retriever because you're going to get them hung up. But the biggest thing is, is feel your line going up the, the, like a stick or something. You're going into a brush pile. You can feel that, that line going up that, that, um, that wood. And just as that bait hits it, just pause for a second. So you're reeling and it's just pause and then just keep on going. And what happens is that bait will hit that stick. And if you pause, it'll float up unless it's a, a suspending bait, but it'll float up and then you just keep on reeling. And a lot of times you pause that and the bass is sitting right there and it's going to crush it. So definitely, definitely. Um, Muscle Milk Daddy, thanks for the five bucks, brother. He said, I caught 15 bass today thanks to your videos. Largest was five pounds, uh, 5.3 pounds. Keep he hearing you say confidence and cast in heavy cover. That's so true. Awesome, man. Awesome. Congratulations. I love it. Absolutely. Sam, thanks again. I don't think I can't say thanks enough, brother. Holy cow. Um, let's see. How much of a factor is fishery pressure? To be honest with you, so the lake you guys see me film a lot on is a public fishing area right down the road from my house. It's just convenient. It's got big fish and I love to fish it, but it gets a ton of pressure, especially on the weekends. I was the last person in the parking lot first thing in the morning on Saturday of last week. And that's why I don't fish Saturdays usually, but I was, I, I pulled up there and literally got the last parking spot. And so it, it and, and it's got two parking lots. They both fill up pretty quick on the weekends. And even during the week, there's several people. I'm usually the first one there. And then people roll in usually about eight o'clock, nine o'clock. And I'm already been there, been there fishing, but it's all in your head. It really is, dude. Um, the best thing I can say about something that a lake or a small lake that gets a lot of pressure is get away from the bank, get out find drops and find points that are way out off the shore um, and start fishing a little deeper is the biggest thing. And it, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of confidence. And it's something that I hope that over the next few years that I can help you guys with and help you learn is how to, how to fish that deeper, harder structure that's offshore. And that'd be a lot of fun, man. Mighty man quivers. Thanks, man. You're from Augusta. That's awesome, man. I lived in Evans for 15 years. So love Clark's Hill. Uh, evening, Gene. What is your favorite bank fishing Texas rig for stained water? I usually like if I'm fishing like heavy. Well, stained water to me is uh, a foot, you know, a foot, maybe a foot and a half visibility. And so I'm still going to go with. Uh, maybe a black and blue. I might throw in a green pumpkin. I'm still not going to fish any baits that I can hold up to the light and see light through. I'm still going to fish baits that, sh that cast a pretty good shadow. Um, and then I'm going to fish baits that have a lot of kick to them, a lot of movement and vibration. So a creature bait, like a rage bug or, um, or oh, what else would I throw? Like a, uh, a, a brush hog or something like that is what I'll be flipping around cover and stuff like that. Now, uh, another thing that I'll throw is something like a chatterbait or a spinnerbait or a squarebill. So much, I, basically, let's put it this way. If I go to a lake that's got muddy water on the top end and clear water in the bottom end and they kind of mix in the middle and they get stained, I'm fishing the stained water. It's usually my favorite, um, my favorite visibility because I can get a little closer to the fish. They're a lot less spooky and they, and they tend to move up a little bit more shallow. Clearer the water, the deeper the fish. Anyway, hope I made sense on that one. Jacob Slater, how you doing, man? How you doing? Tell your mom and dad I said hi. And keep shooting shotguns like you've been shooting, man. That's so awesome. I've been watching your dad's posts and stuff like that about that. So 
Um, Jacob Slater, I've known him since he was a little bitty kid, actually since he was born, really. We were stationed in Hawaii, and we lived next door to his mom and dad. And then we moved to Augusta, and his mom. Uh, years later, his mom and dad moved and moved two houses down. So too much fun. Now they live out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What's your favorite bait that no longer that is no longer produced? It's a it's a it's actually a color. It's a um, a Lucky Craft Pointer seventy eight in Aurora Brown is the one that I guard with my life. I have six or seven of them. I bought a bunch of them when they went out. I just love that color for blueback herring lakes, and you just can't find it anywhere. So, uh, so nice. <laughs> oh, Joe, he says, uh, what up, Gene? You need to come to Chick uh, sometime. They're, uh, they're beating this lake to death. One more boat won't hurt it much more. We need to, man. Let me get done with this trip to Texas in a couple of weeks uh, in the classic and then come home and then I'll have a few weeks, actually a couple of months to just kind of relax. And that's when I'll be cruising and we'll be able to go fish some of those grass flats on Chick. That'll be a blast. So let's see a new kayak walkthrough video. Okay, let me finish getting everything set up. I've still got some stuff I got to do to it. So does line conditioner really work? The only line conditioner, by, by the way, Roger, thanks for the five bucks. Um, the only cut line conditioner that I've ever, I, that I ever use is KVD line and lure. I've uh, been using it for about 18 years and it is amazing with fluorocarbon. I, I get a bulk spool of fluorocarbon and I spray it immediately. And that's all I have to treat. I don't have to treat it on the spool or anything or on the reel or anything else. I can, it doesn't hurt it, but I don't have to. And so it's wonderful with, with fluorocarbon. It doesn't do much for braid, um, but yeah, definitely fluorocarbon. And it's not an oil-based product. It's water-based and it, and it, and it coats your line with a, um, with a, a UV protectant is what it does. So, um, Luann Clapp says, you coming to LSC next month? I'm probably, um, no. <laughs> Nope, nope. Uh, I'll be tomorrow, next month, I'll be in Texas for the BASS Kayak Bass Fishing National Championship. And uh, the uh, in the Bassmasters Classic Expo. So, <coughs> Joshua, I just read that. That's funny. Uh, Yak and Bass SoCal rigging tackle for the BASS kayak tournament on Clear Lake Sunday. One day you got to make your way out here. You know, no kidding, man. I'd love to get out there. Uh, Joshua Jones, is the Jabberjaw a, a good by 13 fishing? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I love it. The fourth cast I ever made with one, I caught a three pounder. Um, I mean, they just, it's been great for me. I think it'll get even better once the summer gets rocking and rolling. If I can get the, you know, the bass are up shallow and cover and stuff like that, especially in muddy water, I think it'll be great. Um, let me see. Let me get a drink of water. My throat's dry. Rusty, thanks for the five bucks. It says, uh, as a beginner bass fisherman, what are a few baits? Uh, I should focus on, I fish table rock and bull sheds. How do I fish the wacky worm? So I'm going to do a wacky worm video actually this week, Monday. Um, and it's going to be how to fish a Cinco, but that everybody thinks that's a wacky worm anyway. Um, so wait for that video. But another thing is a Texas rig, dude, you got to, to learn a Texas rig. It is probably the one thing that once you figure that out, you can figure out a jig and you can figure out a shaky head and you figure out a lot of baits that have weights on them and things like that. And it could kind of, you know, get you ready to learn all that, the rest of them. And then the other one is a spinner bait. It's one of those, just a small bit spinner bait you can throw around. Um, I've made a video a couple of years ago about the, your first tackle box or the first tackle you should buy when you're beginning, when you're brand new to bass fishing. And those were the two main ones. A shaky head's another one, a couple other things. So definitely. Thomas Goodner, and thanks for the five bucks, Rusty. Gene, I bought some JJ's Magic. Does it really work as well as you say? Because I'm nervous to use it. So the biggest thing is, is with JJ's is just make sure you keep the bottle upright. So I have a 
a Tupperware case that has a, a lid on the top and it has foam on the inside and you can use paper towels and stuff like that. Just if it's going to get hot, keep it in the shade or something like that. But I always just kept mine in a Tupperware container and then I just, it dies stuff. And that's the only reason why you really got to be careful. And when it, when I say it, the bottle pressurizes it, you have to open it like you would open a, 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 a Coke bottle that you shook up or that might've been shook up just real slow, let the pressure out and then you're fine. As for it working, I got a ton of stuff. I've had a ton of, ton of experiences that tell me that that stuff is legit. I wouldn't talk about it if it wasn't legit. Um, I've, you know, I've got good buddies that fish professionally that it has saved tournaments for them. For me personally, I tested it when I first got it and it out caught spike it six to one. And it has always out caught spike it from then on out. And it's just really, really good stuff. So, and I'm not saying it's the, the magic stuff, but it's, what I think is it either one pisses them off and causes them to, to bite and hold on to it, or it just covers the scent of whatever you're using and uh, causes them to hold on. But yeah, it works, man. Whoo. All right. Let's see. There's my wife posting this right here. It's down there in the bottom, honey. That banner right there says 30, 30 off. Um, can you tell me how to donate money to you, Mark? What it is, is is I think down at the bottom, and I don't I see I get a total different screen than you guys, but there's a, a money symbol and it's called Super Chat. You click on it and follow the directions. It's basically what it is. I appreciate all you guys that donate. That's awesome. Uh, any good attractions for Z-Mans? Now, I heard rumor, and I haven't tested it yet, but I heard rumor that if you freeze Z-Man soft plastics, and then take them out of the freezer and deep dip them in JJ's. It doesn't dissolve. Um, but to be honest with you, I don't use anything on Z-Man just because the only thing I have is, is uh, JJ's. The only thing I use is JJ's. And if you dip a regular Z-Man soft plastic in JJ's, it dissolves. It's that uh, Elastec stuff that they use. So, oh, muscle milk. I'm jealous that you have a V3. I still have the 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 uh, prototypes that they sent me, but I haven't been able to get any of the new ones because everybody's all these uh, all the uh, retailers are buying them up as soon as they come in. So one day I'll get I'll get a full set of them because I can't wait, man. I love them absolutely. So you guys can get those before I do. <coughs> Sam, you're awesome, man. I appreciate you. I know you're trying to get me uh, out of my out of my groove, but I'm gonna stay in it. Mark, thanks for the five bucks, man. I appreciate it. See, I see it working for you. Steve uh, over at Facebook says, Gene, love your videos. Been out fishing for years. Bought a bona fide kayak last summer and fell in love. Any pointers for fishing up north in Ohio? Uh, the best thing I can tell you for up that way, and, and I've fished a couple of the smaller lakes in Ohio. I, when I go to Ohio, I'm going to Lake Erie mostly. But the smaller lakes that have grass, man, if you can stay on that outside edge of the grass from uh, post-spawn through the summer, you'll catch a ton of fish on the outside edges and just inside the grass and stuff like that. Unless the water is rising, which doesn't happen very often. But when the water rising, you can find them back in the back in the back of the uh, the other side of the grass is what I'm talking about. So awesome. And enjoy that kayak. It's fun. Get an anchor. Definitely start anchoring. You'll find out that you'll catch a ton more fish if you sit still for a minute. So Hunter, thanks for the 15 bucks. It says, is it mean to use my buddy's Florida Gators hat to wipe fish slime off my hands? Yes, it is not mean. That's awesome. That's what I would do. So go dogs. Uh, let's see. Dennis says he uses uh, pool noodles to hold his JJ's magic upright. That's awesome. He says, I got a pool noodle cut one and a half sections and inserted the bottle into the hole. Works great. That's awesome, man. That's a good idea. So, all right. Let me see. I'm going to go backwards just a little bit and kind of try to pick up some that I've missed. All right. Let's see, Steve Potts. Uh, nope, that's to Roger. Sorry, Steve. Uh, 
Komain Wilson says, Flutemaster Top, Top, I caught my PB striper on Bill Dance Bomber Citrus Shad Deep Diver, which is one of my favorite colors. Uh, the striper weighed 21 pounds solid. Holy cow. Today I was fishing Lake Lanier for the first time. I was trolling around uh, the dam. That's awesome, man. Holy cow. That's a good one. A really good one. I bet you that pulled you around quite a bit. Congratulations. Um, what unit were you in when you were in Hawaii? I was stationed there too from 2006 to 2010 fishing the hammerheads off Kaneohe Bay. Man, I love fishing for those little baby hammerheads. <coughs> I was in, uh, for half of the, half my tour up there, out there, I was at Scofield Barracks or I was at, a at Triple Army Medical Center working in the operating room with the orthopedic surgeons. And then, um, I got the opportunity to move up over to Schofield Barracks and help that, uh, help run that place or the x-ray department there. So I was there for a year and a half. So both, but I was, I was, uh, attached to Tripler is what I was. Any good books on how to read maps, fish and fish finders? No, I, I don't know. I don't know. Book wise. I have a couple of books, but they're not about reading maps. Um, and some of them are really, really old and they actually teach you how to read flashers, which don't help you anything these days, anyway, these days. So let's see. When should I use a buzz bait? Uh, Mr. Adams, the biggest thing I tell you is that when the bass are shallow and active, when you see a lot of surface action, whether it be bait fish or bass or any kind of fish, and when the water is slick, calm to just, you know, got some ripple on it, a buzz bait is the best. Um, but any kind of topwater, when the bass are shallow and active, you should be able to get a bite on a topwater bait. All right. Jump ahead a little bit. Um, Johnny Inc. says, uh, big reservoirs with steep banks. How do you fish these areas? No shallow flats points. I look for things that are sticking out. I know the banks are steep and stuff like that, but there's always something sticking out, whether it's a lay down tree or a, a rock formation or something that's sticking out a little further. You can also look along that the bluff walls and look to see sections where rock has fallen uh, or you've had mudslides or something like that. And there's always underwater, there'll be a point where that rock has settled and you'll find fish there. Um, and then also study up on fishing bluff walls. I got a video I shot several years ago on fishing bluff walls. Um, but that's one of my favorite things to do when I'm in a lake or a section of a lake that's got tons of just straight vertical drops. And uh, you can find fish on them a lot. Most of the year you can. You just got to learn how to fish them. And it's just a matter of keeping your bait close to that wall and finding the shelves that are underwater. So, uh, all right. Let me jump back ahead. Um Dude, I didn't realize I jumped that far. Let's see. <laughs> JJ's will turn you radioactive. It won't. So the difference between JJ's and Spike It is JJ's the, or Spike It is their base chemical is uh, is acetone. And so it's a, a petroleum-based product. <coughs> JJ's is their base product. And I can't remember the name of it. It's like 5,000 letters, but it's it doesn't have any smell. Acetone smells, JJ's. Uh, their base product does not. So there's no, there's nothing but that garlic scent is what I'm saying. And for some reason, that garlic scent is, is the deal. So um, what, what I always tell people to do that, especially because I came from the same world where spike it was the thing. And I loved it is take a bottle of spike it and smell it. Then open up a bottle of JJ's and smell it and then go back and try to smell the garlic in the, in the spike it and you won't smell it anymore. That's how strong JJ's is. And that's, I love it, man. <clears throat> man, my throat is so dry. I was out. I had to, to till my, uh, my corner or, or uh, till the weeds under on my corn. And the, the, it just got a ton of dust in my throat. It was a little windy. Um, Mark says, please give a shout out to my friend Kenma. He's uh, dying to, dying to, of covid currently and is a fan of yours oh man man ken my man prayers go out to you brother gosh almighty yeah just you know 
have faith, man. You'll be all right. I promise. One way or the other, you're going to be good. Uh, Ray Frazier says he prefers a black buzz bait. Yes, I do. I'll go black and white as I don't one or the other. And I don't really sw uh, swing between the two. And the other thing is, is get the skirts off of the dang things. Take your buzz baits, rip all the skirts off, get you some horny toads, get you some grubs, uh, black and white or, or, you know, a little bit of flash on the white ones and put those on the hook instead of a, a skirt and you'll catch a ton more fish. Oh, yeah. Sam Tolly says we need to address from last week's winter and I don't have my phone. So uh, I've got it written down, though, but I need to get his address. I don't I haven't seen him on here yet, Sam. So the last week's winner won a uh, $1,500 fish finder. So compliments of Sam, as a matter of fact. Uh, any tips for walking a frog from a kayak? Man, um, use a short, heavy rod like I like, like the the one I've got. But um, anywhere, anything less than seven feet is is probably pretty good. And the biggest thing is is that you've got to figure out which hand twitches better because <laughs> my my left hand twitches better than my right hand, so I'm always using my left my left hand. But it's all side um, off to the side, or you can stand up and do it. I do it a lot standing in my in my bona fide. But uh, just off to the side, have your rod out of, out of position to set the hook to give you that extra second when you do set the hook, stuff like that. That's a good video, though. I'd have to, I'll have to do that one. Um, if the head of your spinner bait gets scratched a lot, does it change the effectiveness of catching bass? No, it does not. So I, I know guys that have fished just standard lead colored, no paint spinner baits for years. And it's all about the flash of the blades and the skirt, you know, moving around and that kind of stuff. That's all it is. So Joni says he fished uh, Parksville with Caleb today and you guys sucked. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Caleb just got back from up North, didn't he? Dude, I got a, I got a, uh, I got a present for Caleb too. let him know that I keep forgetting to, to tell him I'm going to get up there and fish with you guys and I'll bring it up. So Mr. Gambit, I just saw that. He says, Chad Hoover just got a hundred thousand subs this week. So I was, a, went, went ahead and joined this week, KBF top level. How long have you been doing those kayak tourneys and how many you won any big uh, checks? I have won. I won four, three state challenges last year. I've won one already this year. Um, come in whoop, wrong way. Came in fourth in the trail series this spring and fifth in the Temptational last year. So I've been fishing for about four years or three years, uh, just a little bit. I don't do it seriously. Tournaments are not my thing. Um, I do it just for fun and to, to hang around my friends and that kind of stuff. But dude, I'm proud of Chad for a hundred thousand. He worked hard for that. He's been doing it for about 10 years. So definitely he's been grinding. Uh, can you go chartreuse and methylate to make orange oranges with JJ's? Yes, you can. You sure can. You can also, if you've got like a green pumpkin craw or something like that, and you want to put a little orange on it, dip it in methylate and it'll turn orange. So, uh, is there a way to fish those deeper points and drops without having electronics on my kayak? <coughs> it is. Um, but it's not easy. It's not easy to stay on it. So what I would do, what I do is, is if I didn't have a fish finder, I'd drag something and, and got to get to the point where I felt and understood that, that bait's coming uphill and then that bait's coming going downhill. And I'd work that point or that drop until I could really kind of pinpoint it. And then marker buoys, man, go and drop one on one side and one on the other and then fish it. Uh, time consuming and stuff like that. But even the cheapest fish finder can help you that with that. I'm like, I'm talking the cheapest one you can find. As long as it can bounce a signal off the bottom, you can find those points and those drops and be able to fish them. So you don't have to have an expensive fish finder. Let's see. 
<laughs> Mason, what kind of JJ should I get? What kind of jig should I get? I live in Wisconsin. Brown and black. So, um, or just what I'm what I'm trying to get at is natural color. So I, I would go with green pumpkin, brown, and black is what I would go. Um, and black and blue, either way. But uh for for me up in Wisconsin, a lot of that late the water is clear. A lot of it has um has grass or has zebra mussels. And so they keep the water super clear. And so most of the time you're going to use a green pumpkin or a brown jig uh, and then fish it on hard bottom or fish it by, by flipping under docks and things like that or along the edge of the grass is some of the good stuff too. So what do you do when you look down and see schools of shad? When I look on the fish finder and see schools of shad, I'm, I'm looking for the depth that they're hanging out at. And I, I, and if there's bass underneath them feeding on them, that's great. But what I look for is I want to know the depth of them. And that gives me the depth that the bass are probably going to be holding at somewhere on points or structure or cover. So I find the depth and then I slide over to the bank and I start looking at that depth for brush piles and rocks and drops and points and things like that zigzagging around. Nine times out of 10, that's where the bass are going to be. They're like deer hunters. Okay. We don't go running around the woods looking for deer when we look, when we're deer hunting, we find a spot that those deer are going to pass. And then we set up and hang out and we ambush. And that's exactly what the bass does. It's going to, it knows for some way and some reason, it knows the depth that the bait fish are at and it gets himself down there and gets comfortable with that depth and hides in or on something that's going to funnel those that bait by them and they're going to attack it so <laughs> kathy says when are you going to put sam's cow and soap decals on your boat <laughs> happy you're getting so much support man sam is awesome man i i got a chance to talk to him face to face on a on uh on the phone the other day and and just a great dude um and sam you don't have to buy my friendship man <laughs> that's for sure but just a really good dude. And uh, and I really appreciate your support, man. I really do. That's awesome. Um, have you ever fished with a dingleberry rig? No, I have not. Let's see. We are heading to Michigan for our yearly family trip. We want to fish smallmouth. Any tips, videos on your channel? I don't do a lot of smallmouth fishing just because of where I'm at and where I travel. But go check out Ben Nowak's channel. Um, he is the smallmouth guru. And uh, and he definitely has a lot of stuff that can help you out. That's for sure. So <laughs> get out of the boat and back in the kayak. I, I do both. I'm at the point right now where I film in my boat in the morning. And then I go grab my kayak and I'll film a little bit in the afternoon or fish these monthly tournaments. But I've been doing a lot of kayak filming lately, and I need, really need to show some love to the boat. So, uh, and plus, the boat is so much easier to film in when I'm doing instructionals because I can move the the the, boat, the camera around and get better angles, and I can show a lot more. But a kayak, I'm limited to where I can put that camera to where it's any any good. So, uh, if I do have a cameraman with me, like my son, which now he's at he's almost out of school, so. You know, if I if I get a cameraman, then I can do them in a kayak. So it just all depends. Really does. Uh, what's my take on jewel jigs? Man, they're old. They're they're like old school stuff, and I love them absolutely. I haven't fished them in years and years and years, but jewel's been around a long time, man. So. Do I use a leader for swim jigs? Typically, I don't. Nope. Uh, if I'm if I'm if all I have is a raw a medium heavy or a heavy action or heavy power rod with braid on it, I might throw a short twenty pound leader on it. But usually, I don't. I don't know if that's because I'm lazy or what. But he knows. Uh, Chester fluke. 66 degree water temperature, six foot clarity. What should I throw? That's really clear. 66 degrees means you're up north. Um, bass should be shallow, should be spawning or getting ready to spawn. At least the largemouth will. Sp a smallmouth should be done or pretty close to it. 
Um, natural colored baits, clear baits, like a clear jerk bait, that kind of stuff. Spinner baits, uh, white or white with some chrome chatter bait, that kind of stuff. You're just trying to match, um, not match, but you're trying to, to look like a bait fish is what you're trying to do. Those bass are going to be feeding up. Now, if they're spawning, throw a bluegill colored, but you still want to keep it as natural as you possibly can. So, any advice for man-made lakes up north like Pennsylvania? I don't know how to, I don't know how to break all that down. That's like a whole state. So it all depends on the lake uh, and, and what it's got in it and the water temperature, the clarity and everything else, all the conditions. So my biggest advice is go watch a bunch of videos, get yourself prepared for like one or two baits and then go out and go fishing. So. Hey Gene, do you ever fish with barbless hooks? I know Jimmy Houston is a big advocate for this. <coughs> I do sometimes. Most of the hooks I use have small barbs, so I don't normally bend them down. But if I get like an old school jig that's got a giant barb on it, I'll a lot of times either file that barb down a little bit or I, I've been known to pinch them off. Um, if I'm doing catch and release like uh, bluegill and stuff like that, and then I'll definitely do it. But the majority of my hooks that I use uh, have a small enough barb where it really doesn't make any difference. Jimmy's old school, and those old jigs and those old uh, hooks had giant barbs on them and i can completely understand pinching those down and uh, i don't know if he does that because of that or what but that's that's my thought behind it anyway um is there a certain time to use jj's or can you use it all the time i use it all the time i at least have it in, have clear uh if i don't want to change the color any i'll dip my baits in clear just to like I said, just to cover up my scent or just to make it a little bit more attractive to the fish. Uh, if you were to buy one type of jig for a do-all jig, which type would it be? Head shape and style. Um, wow. I have never thought about that. I have two styles that I use all the time. But the one head that I love the most... When, I, when I'm not sure what kind of cover I'm going to be fishing or whether I'm going to be dragging or stuff like that, is the Strike King structure jig is what I, what I love because I love that head shape. It comes through cover really good. It drags fairly well. Um, it doesn't pop up like making a football head would if you're dragging it through rough, rough spots. But it's a good all-around jig. And so that's that's the one I would go to. I'm not sponsored by them, but that's the one I would go to. I just love that head shape because it's kind of an arky head, but it's the the lead's molded around the hook eye, making it a little bit less snagless or a little bit more snagless and stuff like that. So good question. Never thought about that, but yeah. Best anchor system for a kayak. I use an anchor wizard to, to maintain my line or the rope. Because, you know, you can get it tangled around your feet and everything else. It's just a pain in the butt. So an anchor wizard. And I use an anchor, tro anchor trolley on the side um, when I need an anchor. Now I've got the spot lock or the uh, pinpoint on my on my motor guide. And so I don't really use it that much. But when I feel like it's going to be windy and I need to face whatever direction I want to face, I'll throw the anchor in there and use the trolley to, to change my anchoring points. So that way I can face the boat any way I want to, no matter what the wind is. Ah, Eli says, Jimmy does it more for conservation of the fish than anything else. Yeah, I guess in those private ponds that he fishes, I I'd, I would probably go barbless. I, when I fished that lake up in North Carolina that was like heavily, heavily managed and that kind of stuff, I, I did go barbless almost all the time. And a lot of it was because I'd get clients that didn't fish very much or have never fished. And these are expensive fish. They put a lot of money into that lake. So, you know, they throw a worm out and I'd be watching it. And all of a sudden their line would start swimming off. And these guys would just like, oh, I don't see anything. I'm like, you going to set the hook on that fish? And finally they set the hook. And when I get it in, you know, the, the worm's coming out the fish's butthole. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's had it in its gut forever. And you know, of course it's gut hooked and I know how to get a hook out of the gut. So being that it's barbless, it's a lot less damage. I can get my pliers up under the gills, flip that hook over and pull it out. 
but uh but definitely i can see that i can see why jimmy would do it definitely uh fishing a derby this weekend on the upper bay in maryland temp's going to be in the 90s but water temps in the may hit 70 or so any ideas what to throw fish are in spawn and post spawn chatterbait yes <laughs> i have wrecked them this year on a chatterbait so that's kind of why i say that but uh <clears throat> i'm gonna keep it moving still until i get a good concentration on them. but if they're spawn post spawn you know, some of them may be in a funk. Some of them will be feeding up after post-spawn. And then the spawners will be guarding. So I'm going to throw something either bluegill colored or bait fish colored, but probably start with bluegill color. And let, and if it's not working, switch over to some blue uh, bait fish color. Square bill, any kind of moving bait. But a chatterbait, I've just been wrecking them on this year. And bumping that chatterbait up against everything that I can bump it up against. So Steve Potts says, Anchor Wizard is amazing. It is. So my biggest suggestion is, and this comes from experience of using one, and I use a heavy anchor. I use a 10-pound kettlebell, is don't wind, if you have the either one of them, the plastic one or the metal one, uh, but don't wind the anchor wizard up or don't pull the anchor up, the weight of that 10-pound anchor up with the anchor wizard. If you have like an 8-pound, it's fine. 5-pound, uh, it's fine. But that 10-pound that in about... 80 days of fishing, I can break one because I'm cranking up that 10 pound anchor. And so I've started to pull the rope up and then just wind it up on the anchor wizard. And that's just fine. And, and that's just because I break things and that's what, I, that's my job. <laughs> so just like when, uh, when G man broke that 13 rod a few weeks ago, our job is to break stuff and we spend enough time on the water where we can do it quickly and they can fix the problems. So biggest thing is, is, Use a lighter anchor. If you're going to use a heavy one, just make sure you pull the line up. Uh, do you ever fish Lake Hartwell? Not if I can help it. That lake has my number. That is one lake I can go catch little ones. I just can't figure out any. I can't figure out anything. If I wanted to fish a tournament on that lake, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Sam, man, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. I really do. Uh... Let's see. Why do I catch more fish on bright silver jig heads compared to lead jig heads? I don't know. <laughs> Not a clue. Uh, fats and dinks fishing. Have I? I think I've seen your name somewhere before. Do you have any good baits for shallow, muddy, weedy point, weedy ponds? Shallow, muddy, weedy ponds. And thank you so much for providing all of us the information you have. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks, man. Um, Let me think. See, I, normally weedy ponds get filtered. That muddy water gets filtered out, and you have fairly clear water, unless you just got junky weeds. Uh, go watch the video I got on the Mojo Rig. But if you can't find that little weight, which is hard to find, I know uh, VM vmc makes them now but um you can also use a split shot but it's a, it's basically a, a finesse carolina rig that you can fish on top of the grass uh use dark colored baits if it's super muddy but if you get a foot to foot and a half visibility you're good you can use green pumpkins and and green pumpkins with a little bit of flash and black and blue and all kinds of different colors so Let's see. Sam, who's ripping on you, brother? Jerry, come on, man. Come on. Um, what are the best baits this time of year in middle Georgia for bass? Any on ponds? Um, it's getting to be worm season in middle Georgia. And once that water temperature gets up into the high seventies and rolls into the eighties, I'm dragging a big worm. I'm dragging an old monster on a, on a Texas rig. Um, as slow as I possibly can, I'm trying to find like drops and hard spots and things like that with that Texas rig. So <laughs> I need a moderator. He ain't kidding. It's getting there, isn't it? It's getting there. Any good drop shot reels and spinnerbait tips? Um, oh, drop shot rod reels and spinnerbait tips. Um, 
drop shot rod. I'm almost always a medium light spinning rod. If I'm fishing directly under my trolling motor, be it under my fish finder on my kayak, which is right at my feet, or under my trolling motor, which has the you know fish finder or the uh, transducer on the trolling motor, I'm using a six foot eight medium light, um, just so I can fish it directly under the under the beam from the from the um, fish finder. But if I'm casting and flipping, I'm using a seven foot three medium light or seven foot one somewhere around there. But anything over seven feet. So spinnerbait tips. There's a ton of them, man. There's a ton of them. Um, let's get a few more questions. And you guys, don't forget, we're selling everything on FlukeMaster.com for 30% off. It's all FlukeMaster gear. We've got really good tumblers, really good. Uh, there's a really cool flashlight on there that opens up and becomes a lantern. Great for camping. I use it in my tent all the time. Bunch of other stuff. We got a bunch of, uh, of the really awesome hoodies left. I'm not sure what sizes. I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, a bunch of stuff. So, all right. Let's see. Jonathan Giles, how you doing? Let's see. What's uh, your target pra What's your target practicing in your backyard? Are you using specific lures or just whatever is tied on at the time? So when I'm practicing accuracy, I usually throw a 3-8 ounce jig. Um, I have a bunch of them that are like rusted because I, I, you know, had water in my in my old uh, tackle boxes and they got rusted out. The new planos don't rust at all because they've got that um, anti-rust plastic that they're made out of. But anyway, so I'll take one of those old jigs, I'll clip the hook off, and I'll my target is a is a four inch PVC pipe that I've cut, so it's like a cup, and I'll put four or five of them out at different distances, and I'll practice flipping and pitching. What I used to do with my kids is they had five-gallon buckets, and I had those four-inch PVC pipes, and we'd put them out in the yard in hard-to-reach places, and I would have to throw to the cups, and they'd throw to the the, uh, the five-gallon bucket, and we just made a game and a competition out of it, and it was a lot of fun, and they got really good at casting. But, yeah, dude, and flipping and pitching and long casts and everything else, I'm just trying to get it as close to that four-inch cup as I can. So... Damien, you're still on here, man. You usually jump off like after five minutes. <laughs> Stefan, what's up, man? What's up? Stefan, man, I appreciate your help too. You guys remember Stefan. He was sitting behind me a couple of weeks ago. He was my last guest. So. Oh, yeah. No, Sam says uh, he's fishing a state challenge tomorrow and we'll be fish Facebook Live and we are giving away special gifts. Sam, before I jump off of here, what's the Facebook page? Um, gosh almighty, I can't remember what it is. I've, I know I've looked at it. Have you tried to cross-eyed chatterbaits in wood cover yet? Currently use a uh, clothesline retractor on, in yak in lieu of anchor wizard uh, for now. That's a good idea. <clears throat> and yes, I have. The chatterbait, the cross-eyed chatterbait with the two guards, it works really good. I haven't caught any fish on it yet, so I can't tell you whether those those weed guards make it more difficult to, to set the hook and get a good hook set. But so far, so good. It comes through cover really, really well. Where I've been catching them on a chatterbait, it's been this giant flat, and I've just been slow rolling one, so there's nothing to get hung on. Just a hard bottom flat and wrecking some giants. So, so Samuel Tolly is the Facebook page. Awesome, man. Good luck tomorrow. Have fun. I'm going to try to get out sometime tomorrow, but my barn is a disaster and I got to gut it out and reorganize it before I start traveling again. So let's see. I'll grab one more question real quick. If you're, you were limited to three of each type of lure, three jigs, three crankbaits, three, three jigs, etc. what would you, what would you bring? Maybe an idea for a video. That's a good idea. I don't know if I bring six jigs, but um, just busting you, busting your chops. Um, limited to three of each type of lure: jigs, three crankbaits. So three is a good number because I'm always going to try to bring a dark color, um, a natural color, and a bright color. Specifically with crankbaits, with jigs, I fish two different colors or general colors, brown and black, uh, just like Gerald Swindle, brown and black. And, and when I say brown, it's green pumpkin brown 
or you know, or a combination of them. I love a black and blue jig with a green pumpkin trailer. Been fishing it for years, um, and and just playing around with that. But the biggest thing is, is the jigs is just two colors, two basic colors. Um, but with most other things, I'm gonna have a bright color, a dark color, and a natural color. So, all right, guys, I'm gonna jump off of here. Sam, appreciate you. Everybody else that donated, thank you very much. Um, you all are freaking awesome. Um, but like I would say, be sure to introduce somebody to fishing. Introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out on the water, go out and catch some fish, and have a great day. We'll see you.